Good evening, everybody. Um, it is Wednesday night, the 13th of April, episode number 70 of So What's Been Happening. This one's a really exciting one. We move our um, attention across to the art world again tonight, which is fantastic. We haven't interviewed many artists, but we interviewed a fantastic artist that I came across a little while ago called Keegan Hall. Um, artist out of the States. It's an incredible pencil artist, um, bought a couple of his pieces, just blown away by what he's been able to do to raise money um, in that space. Um, and most of these pieces all raise money for charities. So that's a fantastic thing. So shout out to Keegan. Um, that was a few episodes ago, if you want to check that out. But tonight, um, enough about me, enough about me. I've got an exciting Half an hour to 40 minutes or so, roughly. We'll see how it rolls um, with Danielle Weber, um, an exciting talent. I came across Danielle not that long ago, actually. Um, and it was mainly, well, what kind of intrigued me initially was I was looking into the world of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, I think we're called. Well, anyway, we'll get exactly, we'll get it right from, uh, we'll get it right from Danielle. But here we go with... Um, the world of art and what just the movement of what's happening with art um, and life as an artist, most importantly. So let's bring her up, Miss Danielle Weber. G'day, Danielle. How are you? Hello. Good, good, good. How are you, you now? That non fungible tokens, you got it right. <laughs> yeah, I kind of had a little slip there. I'm thinking, was it actually was it tokens in the end? Um, yeah. No, you know yeah. it. Ten out of ten. <laughs> it's one of those interesting words, tangible. Tangible and fungible, non fungible. Yeah. Tangible, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, so, an exciting time, mate. Thanks a lot for your time tonight. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate me. it. Love, I love the energy that brings people together. It's so cool. So, yeah, once again, thanks for jumping on. Um, Danielle Weber, maybe just before we really kick you off, I uh, I really probably should have started with the little vid um, that I mentioned first, just about who you are and just a little snapshot of who you are before you tell us what's really happening on, with you at the moment. So give yeah. me two seconds. Cool. Just a little snippet there. but uh, it, so far. <laughs> it does show how how quickly you can cram some a lot of work into a little, little bit of time. So just yeah. tell us a little bit about who Danielle Weber is um, and kind of where you've come from and yeah. well, before we really get into the art side. So just tell us a little bit about what life was growing up. Where did you grow up? Um, yeah. what, what were you into in your early days? Yeah, cool. Um, so Melbourne, born and bred, um, my background, I'm European background, um, but Aussie through and through. And I grew up a very creative kid, but I was mainly into sports, really. Um, like I was always drawing and, and painting as a kid, but uh, I loved everything sports. So I played girls footy, soccer, touch rugby, ass, um, I was running, so, uh, yeah, very sporty, always hands-on, um, not so much like a tech-orientated kid, I guess I would say, uh, and um, grew up in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne. I'm still here now. Um, my studio is in Springvale, so still out, out that way. And, yeah, I guess finishing school, it was uh, – I did not think that um, art as a full-time gig would be something that I could I could do and, and – 12 years later, I'm still a full-time artist. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a rundown on uh, me. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. So, let, all right, let's flash back to what your first kind of memories of what art was for you, really. Um, it was finger painting for me. That's what I yeah. remember. Back to, uh, we're talking. Definitely that. Finger. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that, was, that was in the works. I definitely did a lot of finger painting. Uh, for me, it was my brother was two years older than me and he always draw. And so I'd just sit next to him and copy what he was doing. So that's how it started for me. I just, um, you know, I remember drawing like Tweety and like a whole heap of like cartoons as a kid. Um, I wasn't very like adventurous in a sense that like I couldn't really come up with anything off the top of my head. I'd have to have like a reference to copy. Uh, but yeah, it was, and then, um, I loved cooking. So anything in the kitchen and hands on in the garden, um, in the, in the shed, like I loved, loved building things as well. Like woodwork was my favorite subject at school as well. So, um, yeah, so early days, like yeah, I'd say two, two, three years old is when I started sort of drawing and doing like Play-Doh and everything hands on. Yeah. Um, and then from, from that 
when when did paint sort of kick in for you? When did that? When did you get your hands dirty, real dirty? <laughs> so paint, um, I guess, more seriously kicked in. Eight nine years old, I started to do like watercolor paintings, and then transitioned to uh, I did I did acrylics, and then I tried one oil, and sort of like backed backed out of that. And um, there was a period of time in my teen years where I didn't paint much at all. So I'd say from like maybe. 14 or like 12 or something to, to 17, 18, I didn't paint too much at all. And then um, it was like 18 onwards. That was it. I'm turning 30 this year. So 12 years later, I'm like, it's all I do. Yeah. yeah so it's interesting. Like around the nine, you know, age nine um, mm. watercolour, like what, what, what got you there? How did that come about? Um, so I think, there was people at school, like at primary school, seeing that I could paint and I think they were sort of saying, oh, like your daughters can actually draw and, and do things, you know, she's good. And um, I think my mum had actually spoken to someone who said, oh, you should get her to try watercolours because, you know, she'll get to know, like I was sort of learning, trying to learn like depth and perspective at that age. So I'd like sit in front of the TV and learn how to like do train lines that like fit, like vanished into the distance and stuff like that. So I think that was just um, a suggestion and then, like if I go back to watercolours now, I, I struggle with it. The same if I go back to drawing, I really struggle. So it's like sort of I made those steps and, and I've sort of not really looked back too much. Sure, sure. And then that little gap in the middle, um, what was that like as a, as a young lady? Uh, just went away and, and focused on other things? Did you doubt yourself as a talent? Like where, how did that – why that little break? Uh, I just I just thought that I enjoyed painting like more than other people. I didn't really think of it as a big deal. I was just like, oh yeah, I love doing it. Like I love it, you know, I love art. I love sort of being creative. But I didn't really think, you know, that I was good at it or slash could make a career out of it. So I think um, it was a mixture of that. It was a mixture of like sport was really, um, you know, I was quite full on with everything um, sport related. And also I definitely hung around the wrong people for a long period of time so it was sort of just being you know a bit of a menace teenager and hanging out with the right people so art was probably the last one on my list at that point in time yeah so it wasn't one of those classics well you better go and do a uni degree or get a real job and then you can come no. back and be in. no I was very much supported uh from when actually I didn't want to study art and my family pushed me to study art so I was right. very very fortunate to be supported yeah that's a great move so you can thank them forever. Yes, I do. I thank them every day. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, so you're still quite young. Uh, there's no doubt. But you, you I've, I think I've mentioned or seen a couple of times that you've really taken your art to a whole new level kind of over the last 10 years um, and, and obviously now completely full-time. Uh, how, how long has that journey been for completely full-time now when it's become, a, you know, the, the thing you want to just do for the rest of your life now? Uh, okay, so it's been my sole income for probably eight years now, I'd say. Uh, and look, I wouldn't say, I'd say like more comfortable income for like the last like three years. So it's been a bit of a hell of a journey. Uh, so yeah, so I'd say like 12 years, um, you know, when I start, when I finish school, I went to uni, I did do a double degree, um, but I did arts and health sciences and I built up, I was working two jobs and I was painting on the side. So, and I was studying full time, uh, but I didn't charge my art when I initially started, you know, selling my work. I'd literally just charge for like materials or, uh, you know, if I calculated, I'd get paid like 50 cents an hour or something for the work that I'd done. And that was, that was, kind of, that was a thing for, I'd say for like five, six years, I didn't really get paid much at all for any of the work that I did. And then I sort of started to get busier and it's like, oh, maybe I maybe I need to charge for these pieces. And it was just something that evolved. So really, yeah, it's been a, a long journey to get to where I am now. I think transitioning into murals was something that, uh, you know, that they you, you can, um, I guess it's a bit more profitable, a bit more consistent if you are getting consistent, if, um, you know, regular mural work. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely been a solid ten-year um, slog. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, well, it's great. It's great that it's become become that for you. But it's it's really yeah. interesting to hear hear that. At what point, you know, I speak to a lot of young artists and a lot of friends that are graphic designers and, and mural artists, and and they there's a kind of a point where you think 
I should be charging for this or you get the confidence to charge for it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's the most important part because you think either your art's either not good enough or you think I'll do a few more of these and get the hang of it or do them for friends and everyone's yeah. it's everyone's a favour, okay? So yeah, where, where was that kind of click, click moment for you that... The click moment for me was when I was like snowed under with everything that I was doing. Uh, you know, I was studying, I was working two jobs and I, and I, not that I wasn't enjoying it, but I was sort of getting a bit resentful because I was doing all this stuff. And I was like, you know, what, what like, can't like, how long do you do this for free for? So I guess that was probably, you know, six or seven years ago um, when I was like, okay, I've got to actually, you know, start charging for my time uh, and value my time, value my work. You know, I know that, you know, I'm here and I want to be there, but there's, there's, you know, it's all relevant within that journey. So, you know, you can char- start charging a bit lower and as you sort of develop your skills and um, I guess your work ad- advances, you can you can start to charge more. So there was definitely just a point where I got a bit like, oh, okay, I can't do everything and I'm going to have to start valuing myself a little bit more. Yeah. Definitely a hard, really hard, like, step to take sure sure i've spoken to a young friend of mine recently who's put in you know an insane amount of hours into an art piece and then you know someone said to him well you should charge by the hour and your hourly rate is this so that means this piece is x and he was horrified by 120 hours and he was going to charge it you know 80 bucks an hour and all of a sudden he's like i can't sell that how am i going to sell that piece you know um so yeah that's always an interesting return on investment or as far as your time put in because a lot of people don't value your time as you know every hour and it's funny and then and then when you get like sort of past that stage and obviously as you develop you know that that's a challenge at that point and then now I obviously charge more and more and more and, and I'm becoming quicker and quicker and quicker and everyone's like oh but you did that so fast and it's just like well just because I'm quicker now doesn't mean I'm going to charge less like yeah. that's you know you, you're paying for the, the time over the last 12 years that it's taken me to get this fast but yeah. um so it's now it's like a, you presented with it oh but that only took you two days and it's just like yeah but it took me 12 years to get to me to do it to do that in two days yeah. so um it, there's always going to be different challenges that you're presented with that's for sure yeah, I, I seem it seemed to think that people appreciate it a lot more as another other trades, but it comes to the art world and they don't really recognise the skill. They don't. And no. the countless thousands of hours that have gone into these learnings, right? Yeah. Um, and then all and of a sudden, the, the size of the piece sent sometimes, yeah. you know, the piece is small, so oh, that would be less, won't it? And it's like they don't get it. It's actually yeah. can be actually harder to do a smaller piece yeah. than a big piece, right? Thank so, you. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It's just so true. Just interested in your thoughts on that, um, whether you feel kind of feel the same in that respect. No, definitely. Uh, I face these challenges all the time and and I'm like, I, I, you know, go over and over in my head and I'm like, like, you know, I've had um, one client in particular that's added two extra portraits to a massive scale of work. And then when I said, okay, that's fine, you can, you know, it's gone from 11 to 13 portraits um, it's going to be X amount more. And they're like, no, but we don't want to pay that. And it's like, but if you're a builder and you add another level to the house, you pay them. It's a variation. Like you, you pay for those services. So why is it any different as a, as you know, if I charge a variation for the extra time, like I'm not going to work for free for a week. So I don't know when that will change, but there definitely is still a really concerning um I guess mindset. I don't. I really don't know what it is. It's it's is if it's a stigma attached or if it's like I, I do say to you know artists, young artists that I mentor. I say it sounds really horrible, but I'm like if you can come to terms with the fact and be okay with the fact that no matter who your client is, no matter how successful you are, no matter how busy you are, your client always feels like they're doing you a favor by hiring you. I'm like you'll be all right if you've got that mentality. Like you'll be okay. Um, yep. and they're just like, look at me and I'm like, no, no, seriously. Like, cause it's going to be the case no matter where you are in your journey. Um, yep. yeah. So I don't know. I, I still face that regularly and it, and it, and it baffles me, but, um, I'm getting pretty good at putting my foot down and knowing, you know, I was never, I never started this for money and I was never driven by money, but if people can't value you for your time and your, you know, your dignity and how you pride, like, you know, how you, um, 
how you see yourself in your work and value yourself is worth more than like, you know, the, the dollar value. So I said no to that job because I was like, you know what, I'm not going to actually knock for the monetary side of things, but more just the principle and like I want to be able to create for the long term and if I let people like this, um, you know, you soak up my energy and 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 um, my, you know, like my work, then I'm not going to be able to create for the long time, long term. So I always say that to people. I'm like, just stay true to yourself and your, and your roots and um, definitely say no. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I think you, as an artist, you want to enjoy the final piece and the experience too. The last thing you want is that, I remember that client, he was a real ass, like, but you did the job yeah. and it came out great, but you just got a bad stigma attached to yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no matter what kind of portfolio and back history you've got and re- re- referrals, you can still just come across some clients you just don't want to deal with. So yeah. even at any price sometimes. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a huge job, huge job that I walked away from. And I was like, no, nah, I don't, you know, as you said, you want to finish it and be proud of like, you know, the journey and 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 be proud of the project as a whole. And that's not just the, you know, what you're getting paid or the execu- execution of the work. Like it's like, you know, how you dealt with your client as well. And and, and they're, they're appre- like as long as they appreciate it at the end. Um, but if there's questions of, you know, that, that value in the work in there, they, they, they essentially don't appreciate it. So, yeah. All right, well, I'm just going to play a little vid um, that I've titled "Keep Going," and uh, I think you'll you'll probably know the one that as it comes up um, straight away. Give me two seconds. When you feel like giving up, don't. When you're thinking about giving up, don't. When it look like you ain't gonna make it, keep going. When they tell you you can't. Yeah, keep going. I'm so glad you did. And that persistence. Um, these some of these pieces, well, honestly, I'm not just pumping up your tires. All of these pieces I see here, are, they're so a lot of them are so different. Um mm-hmm. and and it's just they I think they're incredible. So thank you for doing what you do. Uh, and you do deserve you do deserve the money. That's absolutely right. So um yeah, it's it's really interesting when you talk to artists and it's good that you're quite well you, you appear to come across as now a confident young lady that can still really now push for her the rest of her dream you know and that's that's a great position to be in I, I love to hear that you're mentoring young students as well I think, yeah um I bet you would have loved to have some of those people surrounding you yeah that's essentially why I do because I you know as much as I had so much support around me but you know did I have an artist that I knew made it or you know that I could be like oh they've done that I can do that too not not really I was sort of just finding my way um as I went and and now if I can you know give a few tips out that perhaps save them from making a lot of the mistakes that I've made just to to find my way then you know that's that's like I guess that's my purpose now is just showing people that you can do it yeah Uh, and just bring up a couple of pictures this one in particular when we talk about scale and scale of art uh, and size size matters you know is it is a big what what do you find the most fun now for you is it the large murals or the the piece murals where they fill up a story or is it location driven like how do you what really makes you tick now that's a good question i think murals murals definitely the scale the challenge like the logistical challenge um you know the design element uh, there's a lot of like moving parts to it and I feel like I love like I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment I'm like oh let's just see like what challenge I can overcome this time so definitely that aspect of murals is why I love them uh, it often I get a lot more caught up on smaller scale as you said before they take me a lot longer I think there's meaning in all the pieces I do but I feel like some of the canvases that I and, and the collections that I'm bringing out I've been really able to like tell a story and um a big believer in storytelling through art so I think they like all aspects of my business or my you know my craft I love for different reasons um whether or not I don't know if like murals are pretty brutal on the body like maybe not the line like that was that's okay but like some of the bigger ones on buildings and things like that they can be quite uh taxing so I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not giving myself a time frame, but you know, if I had to take a, a random guess, I'd probably say about ten years um, on murals, and then I'd just love to see myself 
in the studio really creating what I want to create. Uh, you know, a lot of this time I'm working off reference references and and um, finding inspiration from other people's journeys. And I'd like to see in the future what I can create um, sort of just from a well, literally a blank canvas and um, sort of finding my own style. I've done it the other way around. <laughs> yeah, a lot okay. of people try to find their style. I'm just like, let's just flip it, have fun, paint everything now, and then I know it'll come later. Yeah, well, that was an interesting interesting point. Uh, I, I've looked through a lot of your art, and and that, I think that's great that you haven't got a dis- distinct style and that, and that mm-hmm. kind of doesn't pigeonhole you into anything. Exactly. Um, which is great, um, and and different tech techniques and um, variations of of yeah. uh, on different surfaces as well. But what's your what's your kind of favourite surface to to paint on? As much as brick is really really hard to paint on, and it's like a pain in the butt. It's um I just think some of the te- like the character and the texture that you can get through brick is amazing. So, uh. Yeah, like I'd recently do like a Leonardo DiCaprio Gatsby piece on a brick and like on brick and that was really cool. And just old brick, I think it's just got so much history, um, you know, like some people when they like knock down like old brick walls, I'm like, what are you doing? Like it's such, it's so cool. Uh, yeah, so I love brick walls. Yep, um, absolutely. Uh, and typically that would be about the only pick I don't have on here at the moment. <laughs> I do love that one. I watched um, <laughs> I watched the little video of it as well um, and it's just so so awesome to see how they how those kind of pieces come together. Oh, thank you. Um, I wanted to just bring up um, just this combination here. Talk about scale um, and different on different surfaces. Yeah, that's that's pretty big, and, and it's interesting, <laughs> interesting because you see it as a picture, um, and it might be a you know a mural, um, not so much this one where you can actually see the scale. It's really important to have you obviously in there, but when you see it as a canvas or you see it as a small uh, art print, you think, oh yeah, that's pretty cool, and then you see the scale of when you've actually mm-hmm. done it, and you think, wow, now that's that's mm-hmm. impressive. So, do you ever sit still stand sit stand back at some of the end of some of your jobs and sit? wow, did I really just do that? Yeah, all the time. I'm like, holy shit, that's cool. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, eh. And then other times I'm just like, yeah, that's, like, that's cool. So I think I still, like, even today I finished this piece and it was a canvas piece and I did it in, like, I did 16 hours yesterday. So I wouldn't say, like, a day. It was, like, two days in one and then today and then Monday night I was working on it as well. But I just stood back and I was like, whoa, I still surprise myself. Like, it's really cool. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I think that's the fun part of it is I can still um, get joy and like out of every piece that I do. Yeah, well, the, the insane part is, as I was referencing, you know, you see it as this size and you think, yeah. oh, that's pretty cool on the wall. And then you might, you, know, you see it on that grand scale. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole story, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's great. Um, the, there's another quick bid here as well um okay i think we'll move i I want to move to the to the world of nfts okay which is a a really interesting topic at the moment um and it's interesting that that's how i came across you so it's one of those different diverse ways that now art as not just art, but so many different uh, genres yeah. now are moving into this space. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a little vid on what is an NFT just for the people that don't know, and then we'll talk about how it kind of fitted in your world. Cool. What is an NFT? Cryptocurrencies are taking over the world and now they're making their way into the art world through NFTs. Some of the world's biggest celebrities and artists are entering this space. But what exactly is an NFT? An NFT is a digital asset that can represent things like art, music, videos, or in-game items. They are bought and sold online, generally using cryptocurrencies. NFT holders have the rights to the pieces that they have purchased, which is authenticated by the blockchain. The most popular blockchain is the Ethereum blockchain. Similar to how art is seen as a valuable investment, an NFT is a new version of this. However, unlike real art, the original can't be faked as NFTs are verified by the blockchain. Many NFT holders value the digital bragging rights more than the actual item itself. This is why you'll see many celebrities have gotten on the wave, to name a few, Kate Moss, 
Steve Aoki, Mike Tyson, Eminem, and many more. So that's my one minute summary of what an NFT is. So make sure you jump in my Discord and I hope you enjoy the ride. Yes, so the, the world of NFTs, eh? Non-fungible tokens. Um, it, it's really kind of blown up, hasn't it, really? Um, it has, just yeah. a little bit about what it, what it really means to you now and what, what extension that's now done for, for the world of art, in, in, in particular you as an artist. Definitely. Look, I think um, it, it has, like, blown up in a sense, but we, like, it's still such a new space. Uh, and, I mean, I looked into it this time last year and initially you know, I sort of was listening to videos and I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. And then I was like, oh no, I don't get it. And you know, it's taken me a year to really, like I was on a call with some developers the other day and, and I was like, oh my God, I finally understand like everything that they're saying, you know, it's taken me so long. Um, so for me, you know, I looked into it. There was a few like massive, um, I guess, shifts, you know, in a few artists like Beeple to name one who, who sold a piece for like 68 million, 69 million or whatever it was. And it wasn't the monetary value, but I was like, what, what is like, what, 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 like, why are people getting involved in this? Like what, um, what is the difference between, you know, me just selling a physical artwork to a client versus, you know, minting uh, an artwork on the blockchain for creatives. It's really just giving control back to them. We've seen, you know, musicians, artists, um, you know, photographers, Essentially, it's like taking out that middleman um, and it's allowing transparency and control um, that we haven't really had before. So for me, usually, you know, I'm working, well, not for me because like I've, I've sort of always stood by this, but a lot of artists would go to a gallery, they'd take 40 or 50%, um, you know, and they'd sell an original painting, that painting might get moved on and it's very hard to actually trace like who's, who's it's being sold to and what it's been sold for, what's the current value at. Um, for example, when I mint one of my artworks on the blockchain, um, actually it, it's all transparent. So you can see who owns it, you can see what it's been sold for, what date, um, and then basically everything's traceable. Um, another thing that's done for me is it's really, I guess, um, it's been a big transition from Web 2 to Web 3, but I feel like the, the you know, a strong point of, of NFTs and, and this Web3 space is that it really forces people to build a community um, and it's now allowed me to build like a tight-knit community but I've been able to like give back to that community. So um, I've dropped two collections and two one-of-one collections and I've actually bridged the gap between physical and digital and have minted an NFT and alongside that has gifted the physical as well. Um, and you know, most of the time I'd sell my physical and I wouldn't really speak to the client again. And then I've, you know, with my NFTs, I've kept in contact with every owner. The current owners now get a free NFT from the next drop. Um, you know, I'm giving utility out. I've got a discord, um, you know, in looking into the future, I sort of plan on having events. Uh, and yeah, I feel like it's just, it's, it's, it's a really beautiful space to be a part of. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be. It's not something that's going away. Put it that way. It's something yeah. that's not. It's not a fad. Um, this thing's going to be here for a long way, and it's just going to keep evolving. Um, I've seen, you know, animated versions that that come on special packaging, but almost like a mini iPad that comes with this thing. Yeah. That that's what you buy. Like there's such cool stuff out there. Um, yeah. In in honest truth, though, I reckon there's a fair bit of junk out there too oh. that's gone into this space, and I, so it's going to take some time to kind of filter. That I guess, but I suppose that's no different to like an eBay where there's just there's yeah. there's junk and then there's gold. It's just about what you're looking for and how you trawl through to find it. I guess exactly. I think it'll take literally five to ten years to 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 sift out all the shit. Essentially, excuse my language, but really, yeah. like you know, they're saying that that ninety eight, ninety nine percent of the, the projects that are currently, um, I guess, you know, minting or, or evolving or have been sold out. Um, will not survive. Yeah. And to talk about just a couple of your NFT pieces, um, I've got a little vid of uh, arguably one of the most, um, uh, how, how would I describe him? It's an interesting topic, Elon Musk. <laughs> I'll describe him as one of the most influential at the moment in, in that yeah. kind of tech, in that tech space at the moment. Um, and arguably... Um, Polar, polar, 
diversifying as well. Like yeah. he's he, he's course. polar opposite to some people. You either love him yeah. or hate him or you don't listen yeah. to him. It's just this is who he is. But that's I what think that whole collection was about. <laughs> in this piece. I love it. It's um what a what a great story in that Iron Man space. Just tell us a little little bit about how the concept came about for you. Yeah, so that was actually um, my first one that I, I, you know, I got all excited about NFTs and I created this piece in April last year and then I realised that I had a lot of work to do and I sort of pulled back the reins and, and developed a collection. But uh, that collection was called Superheroes and Villains and essentially what you just said before was spot on. You, I chose three people. It was him, Kate Moss and Gary V, and they're three people that people either generally love or hate. Um, and this collection was really about, I guess, stopping people in their tracks when they're like, oh, I don't like that person. Um, and it really was to show people that the perceptions that you have of others comes down to your own limitations. So, you know, okay. either some people see like, oh, that's a superhero or a villain, you know, or they listen to the media and like, oh, I hate them straight away when really like, you know, there's some people that I don't may not love like what some things that they do, but I'll try and look for a positive, like, okay, yeah, don't like this person, but you know what, they've influenced this person to do this, or, you know, they've inspired, you know, the younger generation, or they've done some charity work. Um, so, yeah, so superheroes and villains, you know, really, you know, you speak about Gary Vee and everyone's like, I hate him, or, you know, I love him. It's just like, well, yeah, okay, he might irritate you on some days, but there's some golden nuggets that you can take out of some of the stuff that he says. So um, strip yourselves back and just really that, yeah, like you, it's um, and it was it's more so about like um, my journey and their journey and and sort of like how people you know you can do one thing wrong and then sort of get that's how people perceive you. Um, uh, but really, it is is our own limitations as humans. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting when you when you hear someone like Gary V for the first time, you're either ready for Gary or you're not. <laughs> and if you're not, you're like, oh, that cost. Evacuate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so intense and he's just telling you how it is and he's calling yeah. me. screaming at me. <laughs> he just calls it how it is. And yeah. 99% of the time he's been 100% accurate. It's um, just when you don't want to 99%. But he's not always been right, but there's so many times he's been bang on, so bang yeah. on, you know, yeah. years later. Um, yeah. So almost like it's just got this hidden um, talent that of, of perceiving what's really going on and happening. So you can't deny that now, you know. No, no he's proved it right. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, some of those people, like you said before, if you if you break down those walls of who you are and are open enough to listen to someone to push you out of the way of your own mm. um, roadblocks, yeah, he's perfect. Like he's so perfect to listen to. So. Big yeah. shout out to Gary V. We're him in Melbourne. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I know that he's seen my piece, and oh, that just reminds me, I've got to mint my fee, friends. Um, <laughs> thanks for the reminder. Um, no but definitely, if he comes out again, I will be there. Yeah, yeah, he was awesome, unbelievable to to listen to. Um, yeah. Just the energy in the room is one of those guys, oh. right? Um, yeah, definitely one of those inspirational leaders of our generation you know that's yeah. really just going i'll take it from here you know so yeah. his um his major vision of of one day owning um the new york jets it's going to be interesting yeah. absolutely i think he will too yeah. <laughs> so he'll take it over yeah yeah um yeah so it, it, the, the amazing part for nfts for me is it's not just the new um, area or way of, of producing art or, or selling art and getting royalties from art, most importantly, and tracking the history and where where things really are, which I think that's a brilliant part because I don't know, I'm sure you've had the same thing. You, you'll do a piece and you'll never know whatever happened to it. No. Um, who's got it, whether it even exists anymore, whereas now it's actually trackable and you, you yeah. Can, can can get a continuous royalty from that if I believe. And the royalties are such a game changer. Like it really yeah. is. Um, I think, you know, if artists do want to set themselves up for the future and, and essentially I just want to be creating, you know, whatever I want to create in, in 20 years' time and um, and hopefully those royalties allow people to do that. 
Yeah, what's well, different? So much more than just a piece, right? You're creating a whole experience now. Um, yeah. You're starting a new business, really. That's essentially what you're doing as a creator. Yeah. yeah. The amazing part about the NFTs is it's a whole different language. Like, it really is. <laughs> how do you even like? I like it's I, what you say. It's taken you a couple of years to really understand even the language. Yeah. Of um, and then still words I'm hearing. It's like, what is that? I know. Where do I find out about and that? Like terms and and new words and yeah, um, you know. And then like you know, I've done my first two drops, and then it's like, oh, well, now you need to look at like. Um, tokenomics and you need to look at like making your own smart contracts and um, there's just it's it's endless and and that's the thing like that's that's growth like it just pushes you to grow and learn and and I'm not a like tech savvy person like I I mean I got into crypto years ago a few years ago and that's probably why I've dipped my toes in this so early but it is so daunting, especially for someone who's like, I don't consider myself very good at any of that. And it's just like, what? Like, I've, you know, I've made so many mistakes. I've transferred money into whoop whoop into nowhere. Like, it's just, yeah, that's the only way to learn. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what advice can you give to kind of a young artist that would be considering looking at this NFT space? Like, where, where the hell do you start? Where, where should, where's a good one? Yeah. Um, firstly, you need to be on Twitter. That's probably the best place to be for um, the NFT space, um, Web3 space. So I'd be getting on Twitter. I'd be listening to every single podcast you can in every spare minute you have. Like it's really you need to um, – I don't say you need to be an investor, but the best way to learn is probably to buy a few and just figure out how that works and how, you know, if those contracts, how signing your way through and everything and how to connect your MetaMask wallet, um, you know, how to how to transfer money safely, um, security and everything like that. But as an artist, I think you just need to start um, on Twitter. You need to build a community on Discord uh, for me, it's been really hard. My audience on Instagram is really, really cold. I've actually lost a fair few followers from it, which I'm so fine. But I know that a lot of people are just sort of in denial about the fact that this is going to stay around. Um, so I think just really like podcasts and videos and just having conversations and like getting on Twitter spaces and asking dumb questions, like it's just really the way to learn. Um, and I'd say that you do need to do that for a year. Like, you know, I, I don't know how much time you have in a day, but whenever I paint, I just podcast in and I just listen yeah yep. just pick up little little snippets here and there yeah yeah and just like hearing it from all angles from an investor's angle from a you know projects startup angle from an artist's angle um you've got so many layers to it so many different opportunities and I feel like if you kind of start to understand from every angle that's how it'll it'll start to make sense I guess yeah so when you did that first range and the first, the first big drop and the build up to that, and it was like, okay, let's get this thing going. Did you have any expectations, or were you just totally like free, free as a bird? Let's get this thing listed. Um, I was still like nervous because it's something new, and obviously, you know, anything that you put your heart and soul into, you sort of fear the response or the lack of, or the, or the good response that may be. Um, yeah. But I had no expectations. Like still kind of don't. It's still such a new space. So I'm just sort of rolling rolling through and just being like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. I'm just learning. Um, my team, they're just like, no, we had expectations. We knew you were going to do well. And I was like, I still don't have expectations. So, um, yeah, I feel like you kind of, when it is new, you kind of got to go in with no expectations. Although you don't want to be disappointed. You know, you have to just get a feel for your audience and sort of figure out what you want to communicate, why you're there. Um, and sort of stay true to that and, and why you started in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It's ex uh, and, and the gap between your first drop and now you, the second, you've done the second? Done the second. Um, so it was December for the first one and then it was end of Jan or Feb, end of Jan or early Feb for the next one, um, yeah. I think. And then um, it'll be April 30th for the third one. Well, it's not far away. Coming up. Coming in yeah. hot. What's the date so, today? Yeah. Yeah. So this was your this was your first drop? Yep. Which I love all those pieces. So um thank God I didn't get involved. Um with the <laughs> <laughs> 
dangerous. <laughs> Absolutely. But then deciding on a piece is always my challenge. So, uh, and yeah. then the second, the second. Completely different. Really cool. Something different, like very different. Um, that is, is the third one, the expectation that you going again with something completely out of the box again. Can you let me in a little bit on that? Or yeah, no, I can. Um, third one is different again. Um, third awesome. one will actually be incorporating some animation. Um, so there'll be a hundred, it'll be a bigger collection as well. Uh, so there'll be 121 NFTs up for grabs and there'll be 11 artworks and 11 unique nfts um of each artwork basically so uh yeah so it, it, it i've hand painted them they're, they're portraits it's really some portraits complemented by some animation and some pretty incredible stories as well so fantastic um because that's that's really what well art's always been about that but now you've got the ability to capture that whether it be yeah. as you create the piece you yeah. can tell a story and you can create it and they can see that whole back catalog that no one else gets to see when it's just on the wall. Yeah. Um, but the great part is, yeah, there's just so much more to do. And then you talk animation, you talk about after yeah. effects of what you can do and experiences. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Such a cool space to be in. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think that's what creators are loving because they're just people are collaborating. It's become a real place for collaboration. So yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, and one of my biggest loves in basketball, um, the great Michael Jordan, obviously you've, You've captured a few of those pieces recently. Um, <laughs> I got another one coming up too. <laughs> awesome. I just want to show a couple little vids. Just show once again, scale is one thing. Um, yeah. And I don't know how you do it, but you've done it beautifully. <laughs> yeah, such an iconic shot of, of Jordan. And, and talk about... That. I've done that for you, twice. For you. Yeah, have you? Have you really? That same, yeah, that same That many years, so yeah. Did colour or black and white? What do you love? Me? What do you prefer? Is uh, there a preference? Black and white I just feel is timeless and and just beautiful how it can communicate so much and being in grayscale. Um, but I do love colour. Like I think colour still challenges me a lot. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know if I had to choose, probably grayscale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just just because of the tonal component. Um, and you're, I mean, you talked about creating depth, um, even as a young kid and, and doing that, and that's where you really get tested, I reckon, mm. in that grayscale black and white space. If you yeah. haven't got that, it's just a blur, isn't it? It, it is, I think that's how I learned, um, and how I continue to learn. Now, when I paint grayscale, I incorporate other colors still looks grayscale but I incorporate other colors and I think that's how now I'm sort of like how much more depth can I get in these you know two-tone essentially um pieces uh so yeah I don't know it's just and and like just people think oh it's like just grayscale it's just black and white but I, I feel like you can do so much more with it yeah speaking yeah. of doing so much more to it and a little bit of pop of color this one yeah love that, that one that's cool um, I love that. One of those moments, and to put it with a quote. Um, that's always just as yeah. just tops it off, doesn't it? Um, yeah, powerful. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you've obviously you've done a few pieces for some famous people too over time, and I think that's kind of super exciting to look back on now. Really, um, we go all the way back to to this piece when you're mm. a little youngster. Um. Yeah, that's cool, Arnie. And and you also yeah. did one. Just tell me a little bit about the Arnie piece you did a while ago that ended up in a special, very special place. Oh, in his house. But yeah. <laughs> um, oh, cool. Yes. Yeah. So he actually asked me to do a piece for. Um, he has like a, a yearly party at his house, and he asked me to do a piece. And uh, I actually contacted the photographer and and. Um, yeah, did and I think it raised like nearly twenty thousand Australian dollars for his charity, and yeah, I got to fly over to LA with my partner, and we went to a party at his house, and yeah, pretty cool experience, I must say. Yeah, bit of a pinch me moment. Oh yeah, like just like being in his house and walked in, and I saw my work on display, and I'm just like, 
what am I doing here? (laughs) Um, But yeah, unreal. And just really cool little, um, I guess, stepping stones in my journey and and good, like I I often take when I'm overwhelmed and there's a lot going on. I just have little moments of reflection. Yeah, yeah, they're so important to to have those little bits you can grab on when you when it's all feeling yeah. like a little bit too much. Do you yeah. do you have those like it's you know it's epic to see all this talent on display and all these things, and I'm sure it doesn't always go 100% right for you, and especially every day. Where do yeah. you how do you find yourself pulling back and say today's not my day, um, it's not happening for me, or how do you go about it? Mm. Um, yeah, it's a good, good question. I feel like realistically it happens weekly. Um, and that's just something that I've learned to just have lengthy conversations with myself. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, I've obviously, uh, when I can feel things are getting too much, I know I'm like, okay, this is what's happening. This is how you're feeling. We need to either do something for myself tomorrow, um, and take a five minutes, um, you know, do some meditation, go, make sure you go to the gym when things are starting, when it, you know, I'm perhaps not starting to enjoy the process as much. I know that there's often other things internally um, that uh, uh, I guess letting work factors um, get to me. So um, yeah, weekly, weekly it happens. And I think it's just all about managing and, and, you know, you'll notice that as you grow and as you sort of figure out what your coping mechanisms are and how you can um, handle those things that, something that you that would bother me a year ago won't even affect me now. So, and that's just constant growth and um, you just, I sort of try to approach my highs and lows, you know, at a similar pace in life and that sort of helps me to, um, I guess, level things out and, and not ride the highs and then, you know, come, come down to a low pretty quick after. So um, that's a, a tip, I guess. And um I think that's that's realistic. It's life, you know, but it's not work that's stressing you out. There's generally some other factors that creep on in and, and I feel like in business in general, as you would know, you take 20 steps forward, 30 steps backwards and then you might take a few next steps forward the next day and then there's another spanner in the works and you're just putting out fires. So I think as yeah. long as you build that resilience and, and you have, you know, you're aware of your capacity and, and when you've reached um, you know, that limit to, to step back and look after yourself. I think that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, I mean, that all sounds okay to be able to do that. And when you've got a, when you've got your own space, um, you're able to distance yourself and move out of, uh, you know, move out of the gallery or go and do something else. But what happens when you're on a real time sensitive gig, you've hired all this equipment, you're out in the, you know, like I'll, I'll show this little vid first and then we'll talk about, if it went wrong, how do you distance yourself? You know, you can't get out of that moment, so you just got to push through, I guess. But let's play this yeah. one. four or five stories high um, <laughs> yeah, heights for one but also like yeah you obviously at a time sensitive it's a budget you've got to nail it I'm sure you just weren't there to just I'll oh, just take as long as you want Danielle yeah. you know you're happy with however long it takes that's um that's another level of like people always ask like oh you work so hard and like why do you sort of like you know last night for example I'm like I just want to go home I felt sick and I was like I need to finish this piece and you know really the only person putting pressure on me is me but if I don't keep that level of discipline um consistent that when it really when I need it it, and it's not there so I think I've just learned um that you've got to put your head down when there's pressure on and I'm, I do work well under pressure and um, there's the non-negotiables and, and those are the sort of situations that, yeah, you've just got to push through and um, perhaps pick up the pieces at the other end of it if there are some to pick up. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the pressure on those jobs, you know, when people are paying thousands of dollars for equipment and everything as well, um, that's that's some of the side of things that people maybe don't see or understand. So I'm glad that you highlighted that. Uh, but 
look, that's a part of the fun and that's, um, I guess I do work well under pressure. A lot of artists will be just be like, don't give me a time frame, I can't work to it. But I'm just kind of like, challenge accepted, let's go. <laughs> well, so, risk, yeah. Risk yeah. Versus, versus reward, isn't it, in that, in yeah. that instance? Um, and yeah. a massive reward when you must get down from that final cherry picket, get down and stand back and say, yeah, that's it. That's it. And yeah. just on that, like <laughs> at what point as, a, as an artist when you're doing these murals, when you think that's it, I've, I'm finished now? Like because you, do, you, do you still get to a point where it's never, you could always spend more time on it? It's never done. It's never done. Like I, I have to like tell myself to stop. Like none of my pieces, I'm like, oh, I'm 120% happy. Like I could always keep going. I make sure I'm happy but there's always something more that I could do. But if you don't call it, then you never will. So, <laughs> and often you can do more damage than good. Yeah. Well, I was just about to say, do you, have you, have you got one of those experiences where, you know, you've gone and done some extra thing and you think, Oh no, I've just done oh, that. Yeah. Now I've got to do this to the rest of the piece. <laughs> Massive cool mural. Um, Freddie Mercury's nose. And I was like, Oh, I'm just going to go touch it up. Did it. Two days later, I was still trying to fix up my boo-boos. <laughs> yeah. Literally <Right>. two days. <laughs> so, yeah, not worth it. Yeah, it sure is. Um, and another one of my absolutely loves, um, loves as a sports sportsman um, picture behind me, Kobe Bryant. Uh-huh. I have to show this one. Yeah. All, all I can say to you on that piece is it's so beautifully captured, honestly, that, mm. that shot. Um, I get emotional when I watch, like, that back, um, yeah, I literally do. Like I can't like watch that piece. It's yeah. weird. <clears throat> and I, I, no, 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 it's good. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's a good thing. Um, I think I like I've had pieces that I wanted to paint of him as well and I've really like struggled to paint him since. So yeah. it's interesting. Mm. Yeah. And, and That's what our thought supposed to like stop you in your tracks and make you. Absolutely. So, so emotive. Um, yeah. And and that's that's as you said that that is the beauty of of art in general yeah. and also like people everyone has a different love and what they think and what they see in that piece uh, yeah. even in music you know you talk to an artist and um, they'll they'll have a way that that song was written and you've been listening to it for years and you think that song was about something and it's nothing about anything to do with that hundred percent everyone will take something different everyone will interpret interpret it differently as well yeah um and the way uh to capture one of the most awesome iconic angles of michael jordan of all time um and beautifully beautifully done there just just tell us a little bit about that one where was that for um that one was actually for coin spot um so yeah absolute legends to work for and gave me a lot of freedom on that. And, yeah, we just kind of like, you know, Metaverse, Galaxy um, and a bit of like Space Jam vibes, um, the OG Space Jam. And, yeah, like it was just a really cool piece to, to, to develop. Like some of the other ones I had like astronauts in there, like I had a pretty some pretty fun variations of that. We came up with, with a bit like a less is more kind of thing. Um, but that, yeah, I was stoked with that. That was really cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, and just a couple more to touch on before we finish up. Um, one thing I, I think is really cool as an artist, and if you can ever do it, is the world of collaboration, right? And being able to collaborate with another artist, whether it be in the same space and you're working on the same piece, um, which can be done many a times, or you're looking at something that can be captured um, and taken off into another uh, form of art. And I think you've done that beautifully in this in this piece. Yeah, so the Nelson collection—that is so cool to be able to yeah. um, to be able to turn that into jewelry. Just tell us a little bit about how that collab came about. So Alex actually was um, Alex Tempany. She's amazing. She was actually in a cab, heavily pregnant, um, on the way home from work a couple of years ago. Um, it probably would have been three years ago now. Um, back when the bushfires happened, I did a charity piece and I did um, a piece with like. Super, um, superhero animals, Australian animals, and and to celebrate the firefighters and pay tribute to the work that they've done, and stopped her in her tracks, and actually uh, made her look up my work 
And then sort of long story short, she um, quit her full-time corporate job and pursued jewellery full-time. And we sort of just kept in contact. And then I did this piece for a beautiful client who had lost her sister and her niece um, in a short period of time. And it was a tribute piece of Lion and we named him Nelson. And then Alex contacted me, you know, about doing a collaboration of something, you know, that communicated strength and bravery um, and loved the line, not knowing the story behind the line that I'd actually painted. Um, so, yeah, essentially we worked together on this collaboration and she's always like, how do you paint things so big? And I'm like, how the hell do you do things so small? <laughs> and, yeah, we've, we've done this beautiful collaboration that just basically wants people to, you know, tell their stories. We've heard some beautiful stories through it. Um, and, you know, I feel an instant warmth when I put him on. Um, and, yeah, it's just all about strength and bravery and, and courage um, and lions really depict that. So, yeah. Yeah. And we'll post a link um, at the bottom of this afterwards of where you can find that collection. It's still available, I'm sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. Alex is so – shout out to Alex. She's so talented, so beautiful. And, yeah, I admire the, the leaps that she takes and I love her work. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, and you're 100% right. Large grand scale is one thing. Such micro scale and detail is insane. You, uh, you can see, like, it's tiny. It's so little. And you can literally see, like, the line. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, great to see. And also, as I meant, touched on before, meeting Meeting people, talking to people, doing art for people, um, famous or not famous. Famous helps because that's kind of cool um, to look back mm -hmm. on. Um, but the experience I've got to touch on is The Rock, um, and everyone knows The Rock, right? Um, mm -hmm. But it's not a great uh, quality picture, this one I just brought up, but it mm -hmm. doesn't do justice to the piece. But just tell us a little bit about um, how, how that came about with the rock and, and your relationship of what, what you've basically got out of it. Yeah. Um, he saw my work probably seven years ago now. And um, I sort of did a piece to say thank you for him, you know, stopping and, and reaching out to me and, and, and I guess acknowledging my work. And um, I was traveling to America anyway, and I did a piece to say thank you. And I delivered it to him and, um, you know, we've sort of kept in contact since and I've done like another mural. Um, and I think he just, he's just to see where he came from and where he is now, but how he's like sort of graciously approached all of his successes and road humps and just how he treats people. And, and um, yeah, he's just amazing, honestly. And, and we do still keep in contact and um, I'm grateful for his friendship. And yeah, I, I just, it's still blows my mind that that happened and that as someone as highly respected as him, you know, has the time to send me voice messages on Instagram. It's pretty cool. So yeah. 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 That's, that's really, really what a, what a humbling kind of moment, you know, for someone that could really take, you know, his time to, to talk to whoever he wanted to. Um, and he's taken the time to do that to you and yeah. give you so much um, yeah. belief, I guess, in, in, in your work and, yeah, that's that's fantastic. You've been able to form a bond and a friendship out of that, and long may it continue. So, yeah, um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the little vids I have here was um, another person you've done a piece for. I think have I got the piece here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Steve Aoki. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, this is this is really cool. Just this little moment of him unwrapping the piece was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that must be cool. How, how long ago was that? It wasn't too long ago, right? That was a couple of weeks ago. Um, awesome. That was like, I was like in the middle of a massive mural. <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's just see how much more I can load up my schedule. And now we got yeah, it done. Nice. And he's so lovely. So lovely. Yeah, that was really, that really cool moments. Yeah, it's one of those cool moments that probably got you out of the little rut you're in. You're off mm -hmm. doing something else, and then that makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? When you get yeah. something like that, that that someone it's just had that little wow moment as well, um, and Definitely. really appreciate what you've done. So it's so yeah. cool to do that. Um, all right, I think we're going to wrap it up about there. We could talk forever about your. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, you're the best. Thank you. 
and I'd love to keep in touch with you on talking about upcoming stuff. Um, We can always get you in for a little snippet of how things going, um, the nervousness around your next NFT drop and the successes around the end of it on how it all goes. So we look forward to catching up. Thank you, sir. April 30, you said the drop is. Yeah, for now. But, yeah, jump in the Discord. Okay. All right. So we'll... uh, We'll make sure we keep in touch and we'll post that to a few people and um, get some get some love around it and, and look forward to hearing the end result. Thank you so much. You're a legend. No worries. Look forward to spending some time with you again one day and coming out yeah. and checking out your beautiful place. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, right. sounds great. Thanks a lot for joining us on So What's Been Happening. See you soon. See ya. <laughs>